Welcome to the very first episode of the Miserable and Reckless podcast. Here we are, it's just four guys talking about music, sports, Southern culture, and some of the best food the South has to offer. So I think probably the first thing we should do is kind of give a little intro about what this show actually is. So I'm going to let uh, Ryan Angle take over from here. So I guess everybody has kind of a group chain that they love and hate. <laughs> so it's kind of the same for us. Um, a guy's trip to Charleston a couple years ago, birthed a group text, and uh, several years later, after, what, three weddings, a few kids, a lot of BS, uh, we're still annoying the hell out of each other and hopefully making us think a little bit at the same time. So I guess we figured this podcast would be an extension to that. Uh, four guys to love to banter with each other, talking sports, music, culture, food, uh, really anything Southern. Generally, just genuinely love the South, warts and all. Um, so we hope to both embrace and share some of those thoughts and struggles uh, with each other and then anyone else who finds them interesting. So I guess the South's got some fascinating stories and we just like sharing them and talking about them. All right. So uh, after that, let's everybody do a brief little intro about what you bring to the table and uh, what I guess your interests are. So um, Morgan, if you want to start, don't want to show any nepotism yeah. by going straight to my brother. <laughs> Yeah, my name's Morgan. Uh, grew up in Southern Virginia. Big, uh, big college football fan. Virginia Tech. Go Hokies. Uh, Piercely also Redskins fan. But, you know, can no longer say that. So right now it's Washington football team. Established 1932. Well, established 2020 actually. <laughs> um, kind of getting back into racing after about decade and a half of hiatus on that one. And uh, just recently got hooked onto the Carolina Hurricanes through my wife. Nice. All right. So, Dustin, if you want to go. Uh, it, Dustin, big time Duke fan. All things Duke. Want to talk about Duke as much as we can. Make sure everybody understands how big, uh, how important they are. Also, a Washington football club fan, um, sadly, over the past 20 years. Um, two country for the city, two city for the country. So I don't really fit in in either place. Uh, I'm a new dad uh, as of a month ago. And I uh, just love sort of talking to these guys about all things South, all things sports, and, you know, looking forward to it. All right. I guess we'll throw it to the guy with the ugly hat on next. <laughs> I am full-time Carolina supporter. Nothing gives me more joy than to let somebody know in our group text that Carolina has won the ping pong championship, support all the sports. <laughs> They also bring the most amount of money to the table. To we, run the, we run the ACC, despite with the little banners down there, you might think. <laughs> uh, NASCAR ambassador, unsolicited, important word there. Guys, uh, trip tour guide. Uh, love trying to find new places that are off the beaten path, sometimes stumbling to them sober, sometimes stumbling drunk. <laughs> and uh, former beach bum roadie, but now I'm pretty bored and, and, and married. <laughs> all right and uh i'm logan um actually dustin's brother we're both from the bustling metropolis of roanoke rapids north carolina and uh big nc state guy i uh, got season tickets for the last i think four years to the pack games the, all the misery that's involved with that can't seem to really pull for a winner in any sport it seems like because uh, i'm also a redskins fan as well um you know big texas red dirt music guy big advocate of independent country roots rock kind of stuff so that's kind of like sums up me to a T. But, um, but yeah, so let's jump into the very first topic because it's kind of like what 
is on everybody's mind, especially in the South, is like college football. And uh, we have a heavy focus on the ACC for obvious reasons with all of our teams represented. But, I mean, also the SEC, too, because let's be honest, SEC is best conference in America. So, uh, you know, uh, is fo college football going to get played? I guess that's the question we all want to know. I mean, what do you guys think? Yes, because the ACC and SEC are the ones playing. So that's basically college football. <laughs> I don't disagree. I mean, <laughs> I, it, I think it's going to happen. I think at a minimum they're going to try. I mean, yeah. they have to. Um, you know, we've all talked about this before, but it's a, it's a revenue issue. Yeah. Like, you don't get the football revenue, everything else goes away. And of course. It, it doesn't matter if you cut all the other sports for a year. I mean, the whole missing just one year of football would be too big. Yeah. So they're going to work out something. Yeah. And it sounds like the ACC and the SEC are pretty committed to at least yeah. trying to play a season. Because on your point there about the revenue thing, college football is just the cash cow, obviously. And there isn't a, a single baseball program outside of LSU that turns a profit. So they're dependent on it, much also the Olympic sports. And then there, a lot of the basketball programs don't turn profit. So if college football or college athletics, as we know, is going to exist moving forward, they have to find a way to, to at least have some semblance of a season. Well, I would, I would say that if you can see the hockey is doing a pretty good job of keeping everyone tested throughout each week. I'd say that the NCAA, of all the millions of dollars that they make every year, could find some way to make sure these kids are getting tested properly every week and have some kind of protocol in place to take care of this. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And, you know, like I said, we have a heavy focus on the ACC and the SEC because as the uh, former Duke football coach Steve Spurrier has recently said that um, they ought to just let the ACC and the SEC play because, you know, we know the national champions coming from either of those <laughs> this year as <laughs> it mean, is. So It's going to be those two – it's going to be those two teams playing for the national championship regardless. Anyways. For sure, for sure. But I mean, don't – go ahead. I looked this up before we got on here because I, I figured it would come up. So ACC versus the SEC at the end of the year, like official national champion. Who's complaining? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I looked it up. Um, Ohio State, I could make an argument for would 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 have a have an issue with it. They've got a pretty high uh, good team. Yeah. They're number one in the recruiting rankings behind uh, or well ahead of uh, North Carolina and uh, Oregon. They're usually ranked in the top. I was, yeah. I was just about to say Oregon. I'd say they're the only other team that might complain. But. Didn't they both recently lose to the SEC? So I went back and looked at it. In the last 10 years, yeah. Oregon lost to Auburn when they had Cam, uh, Cam Newton, sorry. And then Oregon, Ohio State, no team outside of them yeah. has, has been represented since 2010 from any of the conferences. Yeah. I'm sorry to all our Kansas City friends, but the Big 12, yeah. we're not talking about it. We don't care. <laughs> I mean, the Pac 12 is garbage, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Big 12's got to learn to play defense if they want to play for a national championship. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. However, if it's 10 o'clock at night and the choice is to hang out with your wife or your family or to watch Big 12 football, I'm taking Big 12 football every time. Because, <laughs> I mean, you never know if uh, the next Patrick Mahomes is playing, slinging the ball 60 times a game in an air raid offense in, in the Big 12. So, I mean, who's going to pass up Oregon at 10 o'clock at night too? <laughs> 100%. I'm going to really miss texting you guys at 1.30 in the morning about the cool colors that Oregon trotted out on the field for the first quarter. <laughs> Where I'm probably the only <laughs> other one that's actually awake. Yeah. <laughs> Especially I used to be awake. <laughs> all right. So, like, with ACC in particular, like, I, I think that we all have definitely have a vested interest in that. So, I think that, you know, we give a, a quick overview of what we think is going to happen. So, like, just to start things off, uh, 
thankfully the divisions for this year are done away with and I'm an Atlantic guy. So I think the divisions are all BS and need to be done away with forever because it's always the winner of the Atlantic, which is either Clemson or Florida state versus what I like to say is uh, the skinniest kid at fat camp, the winner of the coastal division. So <laughs> this year they're uh, making it where everybody plays 10 games. Um, it's a, it's more round Robin, uh, well, not really around Robin because you're not playing everybody, but they've, they've set up the schedule to where you're going to play people in the divisions that are no more, and they're going to take the two teams with the top winning percentage. So we, have, we know Clemson's going to be there, and the next question is, who's number two? You guys want to know the Vegas odds? Yeah, sure. All right, Clemson, period, right? Yeah. Then we've got Miami, 7-1, to North Carolina, 10-1, to Virginia Tech, 12-1, to Florida State, 18 to 1. So I don't know who's not betting on Florida State, but <laughs> Louisville, 25 to 1. Pittsburgh, 25 to 1. And then honestly, who cares about the other teams? <laughs> well, my question is because for this year only, uh, Notre Dame is an ACC squad. And I think they're the second best team, hands down, in the conference. So, I mean. Yeah. And I didn't find a line on them related to the ACC, at least not right. in Vegas. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be Notre Dame. How could it not be? Yeah, like, they, would, they would have to really, really trip up not they, to end they up can't, in that championship. They can't stumble against uh, UNC because they have Clemson on the schedule, and that's going to be obviously the marquee game of the ACC this year is Notre Dame versus oh, yeah. Clemson. So okay. they really can't if, – if they were to lose that, and I would say that Clemson's probably a slight favorite in that one, um, it, they really can't trip up against UNC because UNC's got a high-powered offense, got a, a very good quarterback who will probably <laughs> play on Sundays coming Heisman. back. Heisman. Yeah, Heisman. You don't win enough to firm – if Phillip Rivers can't – Win a Heisman, Sam Howell will win a Heisman. <laughs> but, um, isn't Notre Dame's last game of the season against Carolina? Am I remembering that incorrectly? I want to say you're right, but I, I, I'll have to double-check that. So, in other words, Notre Dame doesn't have to worry about that game. <laughs> yeah, because we might not make it to the last game. But, <laughs> but yeah, a lot I mean, of crap for a team that took six overtimes to beat us last year, Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Still one. Still one. Yeah. So I know that, like, with uh, – look, I'll just give the honest opinion on NC State this year. It's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be a better year than last year. We had a lot of unfortunate injuries. We're still in search of a quarterback, uh, which is ridiculous, but we are. Hopefully Devin Leary can take the next step. But I'm not expecting a whole lot out of the Wolfpack this year. We've got a good schedule. we got every single Coastal team. And everybody's probably saying it's time to put up or shut up because you always talk about not being in the Coastal. But we have a really young – you know, un- untested team right now. So I don't know how that's going to go, but. I got odds here for NC State at 40 to one. Yeah. And Duke at 65 to one. Let's say we get a bet going with the DeBerry brothers. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> yeah. No one's betting on that. <laughs> how about like who finishes first? Are we doing some sort of a. Or who finishes with a better record? Yeah. That's about even odds. Ugh, I'd yeah. say that's even. <laughs> yeah, I think it really – the key um, is going to be Chase Bryce. If Chase Bryce um, comes out and plays really well for Duke, I mean, that's going to be a yeah. leg up for them because he, oh, like, yeah. he has the tools to be a good quarterback. He just was unfortunately playing behind probably yes. the best quarterback in college football in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, look, last year's team was atrocious on offense. They didn't stay on the field. Like, Quentin Harris, he's a good dude. Not good at what he was doing last year. Other than well, atrocious against Virginia Tech. <laughs> so outside of Blacksburg, he was terrible. And I mean, so I'm I'm hopeful because they're basically returning like defense is basically returning the whole defense, and that was good last year. Is Murray Gilbert back from injury this year? I think so. Yeah. 
And um, I think I saw that he was. And then they've got Chris Rumpf, who everybody keeps talking about, and he had a phenomenal year last year on the line, and he's going to do it again this year. On offensive side, they're returning pretty much their whole core of receivers. They're returning all their their offensive line, their running backs. It was it's basically they're replacing quarterback. So what's the curve? What's the learning curve? You know, Plus it's cut. It's it's cutlift, right? So you know you're yeah. going to get a decent quarterback. Yeah. Right. So it, if they can stay on the field and do fifty percent better than last year, they'll they'll win half their games. But if they if the offense is anything like it was last year, then they might as well go home because their schedule sucks. They have Notre Dame, Florida State. They have a lot of – it's a, more difficult than a normal year. I think Cut, I think Cut Cliff's going to do a good job of Chase. He usually yeah. does handle quarterbacks pretty well. Well, he's also think, taken over the play calling. Like, last year, I, Zach Roper was – I mean, me and Jenny were calling the plays. Like, it was, it was like a up-the-middle – uh, right into the linebacker, a swing pass out three yards behind the line, and then like chunk it downfield and hope somebody doesn't intercept it. Like just that was all you, they did. Just use the playbook from the Virginia Tech game, you'll be fine. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, like, yeah, I agree. Like the ACC um, for Duke in particular is going to be definitely with uh, the development of the quarterback. NC State doesn't have one. Carolina's probably got the second best quarterback in the league. And who's under center for Virginia Tech this year, Morgan? It's going to be, uh, I want to say it's going to be Hooker. Hooker. Herndon Hooker, yeah. Yeah. He was, I mean, he turned it on last year. Last year, y'all came on towards the end of the year. Like, Wente yeah. did the best turnaround job, certainly in the conference yeah. last year. I mean, oh, y'all really? were. Really? Mac is back. Come on. No. <laughs> No way. Six and six Carolina that beat a non-Power 5 school in their bowl game, I believe, right? Or was that your only power? Who did you play in the bowl game? Temple. Temple? Uh, okay, so rough, yeah, it was AAC. Like, <laughs> rough and tumble school yeah, from Philadelphia yeah. last time I checked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, and for reference on how good Temple was, I was at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville watching them barely beat a inept ECU squad. So. Hey, look, we hey, – <laughs> We'll we'll start another podcast to talk about Navy football and ECU. All right, <laughs> Morgan, you got any guys coming from this area? Uh, by this area, I mean DC area. You guys always um, end up signing somebody from around here. I'd have to take a look here. Let me know. Uh, well, it's fine. Usually, you're on top of no, it. We you, know, you, you, you know the you, DVs are either coming from Pocosin or from DC. <laughs> <laughs> He's busy taking care of a child, Angle. He doesn't have time to watch every recruit that comes in the door. Hey, look, when my team's number two in recruiting, suddenly I care about it, okay? I mean, but are they still number two in recruiting? Because I, last I checked, they fell to about, like, in within the top ten, which is still a hell of a class, but. Logan, there's there's other things going on. I just checked it once, and as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> checked it once, and as far as you're concerned, it's number two forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, speak... do, you, Go ahead. do you want to give us the Carolina rundown, then? Yeah, probably <laughs> – if anybody actually cares about that, but go ahead. <laughs> back is back. Uh, it's recruiting the pants off of everybody, apparently. So I can't wait till the recruiting scandal from five years from now. And uh, <laughs> no, we've uh, uh, the interesting thing about Carolina, and, and this is all uh, we kind of have skirted the issue, right? But interesting thing about Carolina is you've got certain players that are uh, choosing to sit out this year. And so there's some key players on our defensive back and in our secondary that are choosing to sit out. Uh, Division one, t- or sorry, uh, 
first round talents that are going to sit out. So we'll see what happens. I think it'll be interesting going across the league, but quite frankly, I would be disappointed if this was a normal year and we didn't win the coastal and I'll just leave it at that. I guarantee you we'll disappoint and drop one game against one of your teams on this call. Guaranteed. Hopefully it's the one happen every year. Hopefully it's the one against the team in red and black. <laughs> so they so always disappoint. Just, they always disappoint just, and lose one. Yeah. <laughs> so I was gonna say I was just looking it up and tech. Yeah, I grabbed a kid out of Gilman, uh, Mathis Carroll, three-star defensive end. They must have had to take him, Morgan, after uh, NC State won the recruiting battle for one of the top linebackers in North Carolina by the name of Jordan Poole. Came down to Tech and State, and he has had to stay home. He's from Raleigh. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. We're actually putting together a pretty solid class after getting the brakes beat off of us by the team in baby blue down the road in State. Carolina has more money to drop than the yeah. state does. Yeah. The bag, hey, look, bags of cash go a long way with uh, impressionable high school kids. <laughs> You know how we have home and away uniforms? We have a home and away stadium, you know? Our away stadium is NC State, so we own it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so, like, with the SEC, and uh, the SEC is, like I said, arguably, in my opinion, far and away the best overall conference top to bottom, especially in a normal year, was it SEC West in particular. Yep. That division's just – it's really tough to play in. Uh, Angle, do you want to run down the Vegas odds on, on SEC teams this year? Alabama's at the top. Georgia's five to one. Florida's six to one. So obviously, no clue what they were smoking. <laughs> LSU's six to one. Uh, Texas A&M ten to one. Auburn fourteen to one. And then you've got some long shots: Mississippi State, Tennessee, with an excellent recruiting class supposedly, both hundred to one. And then uh, Kentucky, and no one cares about Missouri. That's not really an SEC team anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a Big Twelve throwaway. Yeah, ask our Kansas friends. <laughs> Although I, I will say I'm pulling for Missouri because uh, their their new head coach is Eli Drinkwitz, who owned UNC when he was the OC at NC State a few years ago. Him and Ryan Finley came in as a package deal from Boise State and uh, ran the dog on the Tar Heels all those years. But yeah. this is the kind of uh, information people are going to get when they tune into our podcast. <laughs> Who's the head coach of Missouri? That's the question on everybody's mind. <laughs> Well, the most interesting thing going on in the SEC is Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. Absolutely. Mississippi is going to be the most interesting state in college football, period. Like, between the craziness of Leach and the just outrageousness of Lane Kiffin, I'm actually going to watch their games. I'm going to pay attention to what they're doing. Um, And didn't care before them. No, yeah. (laughs) You know, go ahead. Did you guys see the flag story about potentially having the mosquito on the flag? I wonder if they'll be flying that as they come running out of the tunnel. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that instead of the, the current one. <laughs> uh, what are you going to say? I was going to say that, uh, you know, we're talking about with Georgia at five to one odds. Georgia's that team that is almost always consistently good but can't get over the hump. I, like, I feel like that if NC State would ever become good, that would be us. We would always be the team that would uh, – we'd be consistently good and then we never would win anything of any significance. <laughs> yeah. Being at, the, uh, being at the Florida-Georgia game last year yeah. in person, man, Georgia just it – was, it was over. It was over by the second quarter. I mean, Georgia's just not on the same level as Florida. They're, they're, they're far and away better. And yeah. Florida's uh, having friends that cheer for them. Florida's just really done nothing with their, with their recruiting class, bringing anybody new in. So, I think I cut you off, Dustin. Sorry. I mean, look, Georgia 
is always interesting because they're always involved. But damn, like these guys every year are just like at the dance, but in the corner. Like (laughs) they always disappoint. And it's got to be so frustrating. Corey Smith has the song Every Dog Has His Day. And it's about, like, remembering, like, 2003. When the they 2003 the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like, that's a Georgia Bulldogs fan's life. It's like, well, there was this time that we were good, and we usually win, like, nine or ten games. But, you know, a long time ago, we did win the conference that time and didn't lose yeah. to LSU or Alabama. Yeah. Do you think you think Georgia would have done something by now for all those running backs they've got? You ain't lying. Tarboro, North Carolina native, when they had Todd Gurley and they still didn't win anything. Like, it, it's crazy. But uh, so to wrap up the college football talk, um, I, I, let's quickly, and I think we all know the what we're going to say on this, let's rank who we think the top three or who's going to win, both the SEC and ACC. Start with the ACC and uh, start with uh, you, Dustin. I mean, Clemson's going to win a conference. Notre Dame, fake ACC school, but in the ACC this year will be number two. And probably Carolina is going to be nipping at their heels. Um, I mean, yeah. it, unless Miami's, new, you know, transfer from Houston at QB, like, really pans yeah. out. Like, that's the only thing that kind of puts them in the conversation because their quarterback play was terrible last year. So, it, if it turns around – Maybe they're in the conversation, but I think those three are going to be end up being the top three in the conference. Yeah. All right. Angle. My heart wants Carolina to be in it. Um, Clemson, if they can keep everybody healthy away from coronavirus and everything else, uh, they're they're going to run away. I think with with the one half. I really want Carolina to be in it. I, I, I could see a stumbling, though, against Tech or, or, or Notre Dame. So I'm hedging my butts, but I'll put Carolina second, um, and I'll probably pay for that in a later podcast. You will. And then, and then I'll, uh, I'll, have, I'll have Notre Dame second because I think Notre Dame takes care of Tech for us. <laughs> all right, Morgan, you're up. All right, so obviously Clemson, I think we're all agreeing here that if they stay healthy, uh, Clemson's the, the team to beat in the ACC. After that, with Notre Dame joining in full time this season, I mean, it's Notre Dame football. They're going to be right there at number two. As much as it pains me to say this, uh, I mean, we all know if Carolina stays healthy and Sam Howell continues to do what he's been doing with all the defensive players returning, I mean, UNC is number three. I would, all, I would just say on the side on that, that you know, Tech is always there. You never know what they're going to do. They got a new defensive coordinator this year, Justin Hamilton, who used to play uh, in the backfield for them, defensive backfield for them. So we'll see what happens. But I'm not, you know, I'm not expecting much out of his first year being a defensive coordinator. Yeah. You know, and you also add the fact that UNC in their checkbook stole – uh, seven, number one cornerback in the nation. Next topic. Uh, I think we've got it. <laughs> just, just stop it. Yeah. You, know, you guys, you and Dre Bly went up there for checkbook and, and wrote down, asked how much money you want. And he went there, but he signed up early, from what I understand, to go to UNC and already enrolled. So he'll be on the field this year. And that kid looks like a senior playing college football. <laughs> so he's. He's gonna be good. UNC, if if they can 
keep up with Notre Dame and Clemson and they'll, they'll be fine. Yeah. So, uh, quickly for me, I think obviously it's Clemson's the best team in the conference. I expect them to win it again for what seems like the 20th year in a row. Um, Notre Dame, with them being included in the conference, I got them easily at number two, 11 and two last year. Uh, the quarterback returns. So, I think they're going to be a, a force to rec- be reckoned with within the ACC. And number three, I'm going with Miami just because I refuse to put UNC at number three. But uh, I think Carolina has a chance to sneak into the, to the upper echelon of the conference. Obviously, I'm actively hoping that doesn't happen. But at the moment, I'm going to go with uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, Miami. Uh, for the ACC. So uh, quickly, let's go through the top three um, with the SEC, and then we'll we'll move on from there. All right, yeah, I mean, Alabama, they, I mean, they bring back so much. I mean, I think they're going to do it. I mean, they're they're in the toughest division in all of football. So they, they have a hell of a schedule to win every year. But Alabama's going to win the SEC. Georgia will probably be dancing with them again. And I might – I, I'm going to put a little faith in A&M to be, like, nipping at Alabama's heel. Damn, took my answer. So, <laughs> I, 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 Jimbo's got been there for a little while. They've got a lot of good they, – they got a lot of kids coming back. They have a good quarterback, and he's been recruiting well. So, and at some point, he's got to put up at A&M because they gave him a truckload of money to get there. And so, I know he's going to be working his butt off trying to make it happen. So, I think those three are probably going to be in the running for winning the conference this year. Morgan? Sorry. Repeat that. My Uh, phone was in and out. Top three SEC uh, for Morgan Irby. Oh. um, Without naming players, because I don't know the players on those teams anymore, uh, probably just go Bama and then LSU. Auburn. That's not bad. They're 14 to 1. Auburn is. Yeah, I know a lot of people want to say Georgia, but, you know, people keep wanting Georgia to be in there, and they fall apart, so. <laughs> yeah, well, to make this about the ACC, they've got Jamie Newman at quarterback now, so. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he he's good. Like, he can run, he can throw it. Like, yeah, he, he might fit in well down there. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, all right, and Angle, what do you think? You got questions with Bama and LSU at quarterback. Um that said, they're the two best, period. Uh, national champions not really doing anything different. And then I'll go surprise. I'll pick a surprise. I was going to pick A&M, but it'll be kind of fun to cheer for Tennessee. Let's see what they got. Let's see what they can run around. 100 to 1 odds. They're sitting at six in the conference. Uh, I think they can beat Florida and then, or at least give them a game. And really all the other teams are coming from the other side. So uh, why not? Yeah. Uh, so for me, for the SEC quickly, it's going to be obviously, I think Alabama's still going to be the best team. I mean, they do have issues at quarterback, but let's be honest, like they've, outside, outside of the years that Jalen Hurts was really good and Tua, they've always been, I mean, so, quarterback's never been, you know, strong point for Nick Saban's teams. He, he just has all around good teams, great defense. He's able to put up points in other ways. So I think Alabama, number one. I still think LSU, number two. They do have questions of QB. But um, I, I believe Coach O's got that program rolling. I think it's going to continue rolling. I mean, they ain't going to be as good as last year, but they'll still be forced to be reckoned with. And then number three, I'm actually going to go with um, with Florida. I know they choke a lot, but, you know, putting them at number three doesn't mean they're going to win the conference. I just think they're going to well, be pretty good. So Coming back to Florida, they did do pretty good recruiting the last two years. So Yeah. So we should see the, um, them reaping the rewards from that. Yeah. Dan Mullins got them winning. I mean, they're they're playing good ball, but – 
again, they're kind of, you know, them in Georgia. Got to get over yeah. that hump. Sometimes they, yeah. at some point, they got to beat the big boys. Yeah. At some they point, just, it's got to happen. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I know Florida does not have a big safety out of Pennsylvania for recruiting. Um, so he's, got, he's supposed to be really good. Yeah. All right, so keeping it within the realm of sports, but moving from outdoor sports to indoor sports, what's currently not from what may happen to what's actually happening with the NHL playoffs right now. And um, we kind of have some representation here of, uh, you know, we've got a couple Canes fans, both of us live in Raleigh, and then a Bruins fan and a Caps fan. So, But the big story, I guess, within the group text has been uh, the Canes versus Bruins. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Morgan. No, you go ahead, Angle. You've been a hockey fan a lot longer than me, buddy. You take this one. <laughs> uh, I grew up watching hockey. It's a big thing in my house. My mom is from Minnesota, and we've got connections uh, all over the place to the hockey world. Uh, my, my team growing up was a team called the Hartford Whalers, and they decided that uh, Connecticut wasn't, you know, an ideal place for them to hang out anymore. So they left and went to this <laughs> – far off place that I normally cheered for on Saturdays in North Carolina. So I've hated the Carolina Hurricanes ever since. Hated them officially living in North Carolina for, what, 10 years, something like that. So um, until I met Morgan and then I met his now wife. And unfortunately, uh, the way that she puts food on the table is she works for the Carolina Hurricanes. And she knows way more about hockey probably than I do. So it's been fun going back and forth with them about it. And, of course, Logan's just bandwagon for anybody that's red and black. So. <laughs> I mean, look. Well, I Go ahead, Morgan. I was going to say, anyone knows what, what jersey I used to put on watching hockey. So Yeah, the Bruins. <laughs> Ultimate betrayal. You, well, you're the one who got me hooked on to hockey. And I didn't know much about it when I got down here or moved up here to Raleigh from uh, Wilmington and met Crystal and got married. So I go into the games, getting more into it and learning more. I was like, well, I mean, might as well, you know, root for the team that, you know, the money that she brings home. So, <laughs> yeah, with me in particular, like my Canes fandom started about four years ago before they actually became competitive. It was, uh, it was just a cheap thing to go to student ID, even though I was about three years past graduation, got me $15 tickets to the upper deck. Then I used my Photoshop skills to Photoshop my way into the club level. So I, w I went to a lot of games watching them look, be horrible. And then suddenly they just went on a, got, got competitive and went on a good playoff run last year. So I, I get the bandwagon label thrown at me a lot. I'm, admittedly, hockey's not in my top three sports by any means, but the playoffs are exciting. So like PNC yeah. was rocking during that cap series especially when Ovi got thrown out in, what was it, game five or six or whatever it was. I think it was game five. Yeah. We could check with the Capitals fan, but he probably doesn't know. <laughs> well, what I'm was a... funny about that was everyone was yelling, go back to Russia. I was like, hey, I think most of these players are from Russia. So. <laughs> or at least the Eastern Bloc. No. <laughs> you guys want to know a fun fact? Team with the most American players? Yeah, it's Boston Bruins. <laughs> all right so i guess let's moving on from that let's talk about the canes Bruins series for a little bit let's i want to get you guys breakdown of what you think right now we're sitting at 2-1 boston um we're and obviously there there's no really home ice advantage this year no fans they're in the bubble in toronto so what do we expect to see moving forward in this series well um it's interesting 
the two big stories from this series are that the Canes are kind of matching up pretty well against the Bruins. Obviously, they played last year in the finals uh, for the chance to go to the Stanley Cup. Um, the Bruins are old on defense, and and uh, they've got some young guys that are not playing well. Um, they're just they're just rusty. I mean, I know everyone is, but so you've got a really high powered offense with a real, I mean, just an incredibly elite line that the Hurricanes have. The problem is the Hurricanes don't really have any depth, at least in my takeaway. So you've got a choice by the Hurricanes to either split up their three best players and, and put them out at different intervals or to put them out one-third of the time. And if you put them out one-third of the time, like they've been doing in game one and game two, uh, they're getting a lot of success, especially creating a lot of chaos around the net. Char is old. Um, DeBrusque, don't get me started. He can't. Apparently, somebody needs to wake him up and let him know that, that we're playing. And, uh, I mean, just every turnover, every – I mean, watch a game. Uh, it's Jake DeBrusque has turned the puck over. It's, it's, it's terrible. He's the Hurricanes' best player. That said, um, uh, McAvoy's not really playing up to his, to his level. But on the flip side, um, the Hurricanes' defense has really impressed me. Um, I, I, quite frankly, we, we, uh, the Bruins, being we, scored 100 points in the regular season. I mean, uh, we're far and away the best team in the league, uh, at least before COVID hit. Yeah. And, and coming into this, uh, I, I didn't really think this was going to be a challenge. Swept the Hurricanes last year. Obviously, that's last year. Uh, to go to the Stanley Cup, I just uh, took the Blues to seven games. I mean, but quite frankly, uh, with Tuca out now because he wants to be with his family, understandable, but still a, a massive hit. That's the number one goalie in, in arguably, the number one goalie in, in, in all of hockey. So all of a sudden we're on the same level as the Bruins, and it's, it's kind of an actual series, especially with, with the, uh, with the uh, Hurricanes offense and, and, and our defense kind of faltering. And then on the flip side, of course, it, it seems like we can't get anything together. Part of that's because Pasternak's playing because of who knows um, why. And, and, of course, Cassidy's not letting anyone know. And, 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 again, the Hurricanes' defense is going awesome. So, not really, uh, you know, going out on a limb here, saying anything too crazy. But, uh, basically, uh, the Bruins' fourth line has is, is really been the key for us winning the last two games. It's, it's crazy to just come down to that for a team that scores 100 points in a season. Yeah, I mean, look, I wasn't too excited about having the Bruins. I know they went 0-3 in the round robin uh, in, in the preliminary round or whatever, but I wasn't too excited because, like, they were – in my opinion, the best team in hockey before COVID kind of happened. So, like, yeah. playing the Caps or the Bruins is, is never exciting in, a, in the playoffs. But I, I just really didn't want to play the Bruins because the Bruins are big. They're physical. I mean, and it, now with Svech possibly being out for a little bit of time with that injury, we, that's yet to be seen yeah. when he's going to be back. So, and, like, and while Ajo is, you know, an all-star typically and he's, like, he's very crafty, he's also little. So, like, he – it really doesn't match up well against a team like Boston. So, like, um, I, I'm not super, you know, <laughs> optimistic on the outcome of the series. I think I, it's, it's, exci it's exciting to see competing more than last year because last year they pretty much got ran off the ice, you know, uh, and got swept. So, this year I think it's going to be a little closer. I, my, my prediction for the series is going to be 4-2 Boston. I think we steal another game out of it, especially with, uh, you know, your goalie out. But other than that, I still think Boston advances. Yeah, if Pasternak comes back, um, I think the series is over. Right now, the, I mean, the MVP for us is Krejci. He really is. He's really stepped up oh, in a yeah. big way. So, um, tell you what, how do you say his name? Morozik, right? Uh, yeah, Peter, Peter Morozik. 
yeah. and on his head for you guys. The Bruins fired off 40 shots today, and it was it was a 3-1 win. So yeah, he's done a, he's done a good job. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's been he's been really solid the last two years. I'm going 4-1 prediction. Not even talking shit. I just I think it's over if we can keep our head in the game. Yeah. What about you, Morgan? Yeah, I think honestly, I think it'll, we'll get one more game out of it. I think. You know, uh, depending on with us, Fetch, you know, if he's going to come back or not. I'm sure we'll find out tomorrow morning how bad that injury is. But, like you said, Ajo, he's great, but he's a little tiny guy. And just throw him up against the damn uh, Bruins, it's, you know, it's not always going to end well. If you guys steal the next game, it's a new series. Well, you know, I think also them, you know, being thrown at the last second with a new goalie to go up against, not knowing much probably about him, playing against him, that probably threw them for a loop today as well. Not yeah. not that I'm, I mean, I, I don't watch a whole lot of hockey and I've never played it, so I don't know, you know, what preparing against, the, uh, you know, another team's goalie is, what time, what preparation you need for all that. Halak played for uh, the Canadians. Um, for a long time. So, of course, that's kind of a pain in the butt for me to cheer for. But um, he, uh, he was the heir apparent to the Canadians, and then they drafted Carey Price. So, basically, that's the only goalie in the league right now that's currently better than uh, Tuca. Yeah, so we got uh, two predictions for Boston 4-2, one for Boston 4-1. Dustin, do you have anything to add to the series? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I do. I wish both teams could lose because I don't cheer for any of my friends' teams ever because I don't want any happiness on my friends' parts unless they cheer for the same team as I do. So I'll send you sick of getting messages. Do you want us to branch off and start a run? Subtext about your hockey team? Sure. <laughs> for people that don't know, man, what, what would you guys estimate? 40 texts a day, something like that. Something somewhere like in that right ballpark. When, thing, when sports are active, somewhere in that ballpark. And we, now, Dustin, yeah, to be I'm, fair, we did give you a little bit of a break when Emerson was born for about a week, and then we yeah, threw we you back into – Yeah, we created a whole new text chain. Yeah. We did then, have a Then we threw you back chain. into the, uh, to the, to the <laughs> havoc. So. We tested the waters just to make yeah. sure it was all right. Now yeah. I'll put it down and I come back and there's 25 messages. <laughs> back to uh, normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It, it, what's funny is you, you know, put Brody down at seven. I go get in the bed directly after that because, let's face it, Dustin knows this. As soon as the kid goes to sleep, you go and you sleep as much as you can. <laughs> and so I usually go to bed. I'll, I'll fall asleep like around eight o'clock at night and may let latest sometimes maybe nine o'clock at night. Wake up at seven o'clock in the morning. You have 43 missed messages. Like, <laughs> all right. People, people, like, people love me. You go open it up. It's that one chain. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a bunch of, it's a bunch of nonsense about sports. It's, it's, definitely, it, it's, it's Logan and Ryan is going back and forth about something. <laughs> Logan, Logan's at a bar listening to karaoke music, and I'm complaining about Shark Week. Yeah, <laughs> Sums it up. But uh, so, yeah, I guess that's a good segue into our final segment of the very first episode of the Miserable and Reckless podcast. Uh, like you said, we're not all sports. Sports is a big part of, but we're not all sports. So, you know, obviously with COVID-19 going on and people in some different variations of quarantine, but a lot of people in some form of quarantine, uh, we kind of wanted to go over like a quarantine watch on what everybody's been doing, uh, what you've done to pass the time, uh, whether it's been music, TV. So I guess take it away. 
Justin, you go. I guess I'll go first. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, streaming, uh, Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> uh, Would you like watching? to elaborate, Morgan? Uh, oh, sorry, One word: yeah. Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. Here. Or Netflix yeah. or Comcast? So which which is it? Uh, on the one hand we have netflix on the other hand we have hulu it's a big decision (laughs) oh my also my my co-worker got me a a fixed fire stick so i've been watching a jailbroken uh, yeah pretty much anything i want to watch but made it through finally the entire series of uh mad men which is pretty good um started back over uh go ahead i want the record to show that morgan irby just said he has a fixed podcast or fixed fire stick on a recorded video. <laughs> I'd like the record to show that Logan DeBerry was sneaking into Hurricanes games. <laughs> show me the proof. Uh, obviously, you know, with um, being back at work and a newborn, we're not a newborn really anymore. He's more closer to one years old, but I don't really have a lot of time for myself for entertainment anymore it's uh go to work come home blues clues maybe and uh go to bed you love the mail though (laughs) oh especially when an email or a package arrives (laughs) (laughs) all right dustin what have you and jenny been up to to pass the time in quarantine uh well you know part of it she was pregnant part of it we've had a newborn so uh the pre- newborn part we actually were trying to watch like series so a while back hulu did uh the wire or they had hbo go or a bunch of old hbo shows free so we got we burned through a couple seasons of the wire you know we're so close to baltimore never watched this show before um it was great like it was it was true to life (laughs) for baltimore (laughs) um but then retexting our buddy ryan the whole time no (laughs) and then uh you know since emerson's gotten here you know it's it's much more like just stuff on in the background with a few exceptions but with you know hgtv and like all kinds of just stuff like that that just plays and you don't have to pay attention but then when you do pay attention you're not lost but then you stop paying attention because you got a kid to worry about. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we have watched a couple of things. Like I would say on Netflix, The Wrong Missy is pretty funny. That's a Happy Madison uh, production. So it's like that whole team. David Spade's like the star of it. Um, so if you like those guys, you'll probably find that movie funny. <laughs> but that's one of the few like new things that we actually sat down and watched um, <laughs> since Emmy's been here. How many hours of sleep are you averaging a night? Well, I'm sleeping now. I mean, like, she's... I guess the better uh, question is, how many hours of sleep does Jenny get in the night? Yeah, that's a better question. That's a better uh, question. No more than, like, three at a time, probably. <laughs> is, is she, is, uh, has she moved into her own uh, into her crib yet in her own room? No, nah, she's in the, the, like, pack and play deal in our, our room at night. So. Okay. It's, I mean, look, she's, she's a good baby. But she's also an infant. They require a lot of care. How, how many how many weeks is she at now? A month on Monday. Wow. Oh, wow. Yep. Nice. We'll bring well, her on next goes, episode. It, <laughs> it goes quick, man. <laughs> All right. So, Angle, what about you? Well, uh, since Dustin hasn't been using his Netflix, I've been using it instead. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, the thing that I've actually really enjoyed watching, we, wa- we blew through three seasons. We kind of acted like it was a treat. For whatever reason, we're over here in Montgomery County, and, and stuff's a little bit more locked down than perhaps some of the other places. So we kind of go for walks in the afternoon after work, both of us able to work from home. Uh, and then and then we can kind of get back and have some dinner and sit down and we, we, we like to watch shows. So the two things that I've really enjoyed, and it's really odd, I'm not super into food, but ever since quarantine hit, I guess I'm a food guy. Uh, somebody, somebody Feed Phil is on Netflix. It's great. Yeah. It's the guy, uh, Phil Rosenthal is the executive producer of Everybody Loves Raymond. So he's um, just kind of done some cheesy sitcoms. It's not really my speed at all. But his show is great. He literally just travels around to different cities and he's the nicest guy in the world. And especially with all the kind of divisive stuff that you can find on TV and just out in the world in general, it's just a real positive spin. It's a real nice way to end a night for an hour or two, just to kind of sit and watch this guy be genuine and sweet and corny. It's absolutely corny. And you just find yourself grinning from ear to ear. It's, it's both of us have really enjoyed it. And then the other oh. thing is, go yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, just chiming on that, maybe corny right now is something that it, a little, everybody needs a little bit of, just to kind of laugh and yeah. kick their feet up, you know? But I've, go ahead and finish. Sorry. Yeah, on uh, Food Network, there's a show. Uh, again, not really a fan of the comedy previously, but Amy Schumer's got a show. It's called Amy Schumer Learns to Cook. It's hysterical, <laughs> mainly because her husband is a James Beard award-winning chef, so he really knows what he's doing. And she just drinks the entire time in the kitchen. Kind of reminds me of someone I might know. So. <laughs> so. I guess, yeah. So I guess for me, like, um, it's a little bit different, obviously, because I'm not married. I don't have kids. And uh, quarantine for me hasn't, it's only kind of semi-existed because I've been back in the office for like two and a half months, something like that. Um, I've just started occasionally eating out at restaurants again, uh, everything socially distanced mass required kind of thing but for the most part just spent at home uh going to the office listen to a lot of different music a lot of new music like for instance there's a um a guy out of texas who's a little bit more uh i think like 2000s kind of like rock mixed with some uh with some twang this guy's name is austin upchurch just released a new record i think it's pretty good actually i have him uh as a guest i'm going to be interviewing him or sometime next week on my uh, other podcast, Country and Cold Cans, shameless plug, but uh, that's coming up soon. Um, do we do we allow Logan to plug his other podcast? Do we agree <laughs> to that? Yeah. There was there was no discussion of the other podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's coming up. And then you know, just a lot of. I mean, I watch a lot of TV as it is because um, reality is at twenty six when all your friends but two are are married and one of them is in Halifax due to quarantine. The other one's a truck driver. You spend a lot of time with your dog watching Disney plus Marvel movies. And <laughs> so that's been kind of like my, my existence for the last six months. That and a lot of golf spent an ungodly amount of money on golf, which is, I need to curtail. <laughs> but, but yeah. Got I mean, any, uh, any music you want to touch on? Stuff you I don't have like, to? I don't have like new, or I'm not trying necessarily trying to tell you something about something new, but I do have a tribute in that Charlie Daniels passed away. What? Like three yeah. weeks ago, something like that. Yeah. It was recent. And uh, man, you know, went back, started listening to some of his stuff. Logan, me and you saw him at Ron Grab's yep. theater. What? Two years ago. Something like he that. He was in his eighties. He was like 81. Yeah. And he was, he was ripping it on the fiddle. 
yeah, he was good. Like, he was so good to be that old. He only had to take a couple breaks, and they did it so seamlessly. You didn't even – it wasn't weird. But, I mean, just give him a listen, you know? Like, what this world needs is a few more rednecks, long-haired <laughs> country boys, simple man, like all those songs, like – Speaking of Charlie, speaking of Charlie Daniels and a tribute, uh, just yesterday, Nickelback of all people released a really horrible version of "Devil Went Down to Georgia." <laughs> no, no. <You> <laughs> iconic songs shouldn't get remade. No, not, especially not by Nickelback. No, of all the bands, Nickel, yeah, not Nickelback. Nickelback shouldn't be doing anything. Stay in Canada, stay in Canada, guys. <laughs> But yeah, I guess for me, music uh, lately, like like I said, Austin Upper Church, I think people should check him out if that's your thing. Um, then also, like, um, Angle and I actually briefly talked about this separately from the other guys, but I'm a big fan of, um, like, Parker McCollum just recently signed a major label deal with a um, with a Nashville label, but he thankfully has re- retained, like, creative control and everything. I've heard some new tracks from the uh, album. Uh, he just released a studio version for one called Young Man's Blues that uh, I think is really good because Parker's about a year older than me. So he's, stuff he writes about really kind of relates to me. And it's, um, it's basically just a song about, um, you know, the coming of age and, you know, moving to that next phase of life from your early 20s to your mid to late 20s kind of thing. And um, fun little thing about that song, uh, when he first debuted that one live acoustically, um, there's this really big country music website called whiskeyriff.com. Um, I covered it first on my website and they took my video and I'm their article about it is linked to Logan D YouTube video of that song. And even though I covered it first, they didn't tag me, give me any credit. They just ripped my video and sent it out to the world. So, <laughs> but this is just for the record. Logan plugging his own stuff. Yeah. This is a lot of cross, <laughs> this is a lot of cross promotion. What is yeah. it that they say? Rate and review. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get when you invite the little brother on a podcast. <laughs> Don't forget about all the other projects I have going. <laughs> hey, and then the mistake you made was giving me the head mic for the first episode. Yeah. So. Well, that's because you had a podcast, remember? Exactly. <laughs> and that podcast was Country and Cold Cans. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. <laughs> so I got two guys that I, that I jotted down, but I'll – I'll I'll take your Parker and I'll go to the flip side, right? So right. Logan got me into in, into Dalton Domino, and that's kind of the flip side. If, for those listening, it would be like the Carrie versus Miranda debate, right? One's a little bit cleaner. Logan, you may bristle at that, but one's <laughs> a little bit cleaner. One's a little bit more uh, upbeat and kind of you know just really trying to make his way in the world, and the other is basically crawling out of the gutter, just just <laughs> a, a, a drunk genius. So it's pretty clear which one I picked. But uh, <laughs> the, the carry version, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Joke's on you. I think Carrie fell down a flight of stairs or something recently, didn't she? After having she's... too much gin. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Dalton Domino put out a new album in February, and it, it, it was kind of a, a Passover for me originally. It was, oh, okay, this is nice. And then the, the whole virus stuff hit and quarantine hit and everything. And I, I kind of gave it a, a listen recently, and it's it's been kind of an interesting album because he's dealing with all sorts of different stuff about feeling alone. And obviously he's talking about addiction um, and having to go through that, but you could definitely play it into this whole period where people don't really know what to do and they don't know what's in front of them, but they're just put one foot in front of the other. Uh, it may not be the world's most upbeat listen. So in um, the flip side, I'll give you uh, uh, Jimmy Allen who 
is from Delaware and is from the same hometown as my wife. And there's a lot of connections that we do have to him. However, he did put out a good album over the, over the summer. And uh, one of the songs that's really stuck with me is the song. Um, of course, I didn't write down the name of it. It's a song with uh, Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish and Charlie Pride, who's got a phenomenal voice in and of himself. And it's called, I believe it's called Why Things Happen, but uh, it's off the new album. Uh, and it's just an incredible, uh, it's just an incredible song. Of, you know, basically just about living life, whether it's Corona, whether it's having a baby, whether it's anything that we've all kind of experienced here with a graduate in college, uh, just, just in general, it's, it's, it's a really great song. So it's something I've kind of find myself coming back to. I like to make a playlist of uh, the songs for the year that I kind of enjoyed and I kind of whittle them down at the end of the year. And that's one that when it's playing on in the background, both of us kind of vibe out too. And it's, it's cool. So. Yeah. Good deal. So Morgan, do you have anything you've been listening to that's really stuck out with you? Uh, not anything new lately, but I've been getting a lot more back into some old punk rock again. Mm -hmm. Been listening to a lot of, uh, DC punk rock again lately, you know, Fugazi, Minor Threat, um, been going back and listening to a lot of older, uh, Bad Religion again, yeah, Black Flag as well, just stuff I used to listen to back in early high school and been putting it on you know pandora spotify at work which has been pretty nice kind of revisiting old albums that i hadn't listened to in probably over a decade or so and, uh, kind of relaxing well <laughs> relaxing for me uh probably a headache for other people but yeah. you find yourself I've, catching new new themes from the songs that you used to listen to you, you you go back and you listen to it again like i did not catch that lyric in there the first time and you, yeah. you listen to it like what the 18 17 year old morgan didn't understand what the hell <laughs> heck you know uh yep uh henry Rollins didn't understand what henry rollins was singing about back in the 80s in black flag so <laughs> <laughs> it has been nice so you know some people a lot of people i hang out with don't you know particularly listen to punk rock or or even grunge for that matter but it's kind of the first sound of music I listened to when I was about 10, 11 years old. Remember you taking me to the pool room, whatever that place is called in Wilmington when we were down there for school and we go in on Sunday nights and it just load the jukebox full of grunge. It was the first time I really kind of. <laughs> Did the place clear out? <laughs> it was no, already man. dead. They, I think it was. Uh, they were into it. Was it. That, pool, that uh, what was that pool room? There was right there uh, next to the sandbar. Uh, yeah club break breakers uh, break, i don't know not, i don't think it was break time because i think break time was over 10 Penn alley it was uh right there in that back corner off of yeah. college road we would we go in there alice and chains all sorts of different stuff the point being that uh that uh it was the first time i'd ever really listened to it so i'd be like morgan what what is this you know we're, we're playing pool or smoking in the ashtray you could leave in the middle of the pool table i mean it was that kind of bar <laughs> It was also different times. You could smoke in a bar. That's true. <laughs> Smoking indoors. <laughs> pick up different stuff from each one of you, except for Dustin. I don't take anything he says seriously. I like sad songs, but not Alice in Chains sad. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that uh, that should cover it for the very first episode of Miserable and Reckless. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do some more of these here soon. And uh, I guess signing off. Awesome. It's been, uh, it's been fun. Different and new, but I enjoyed it. I'd probably be a lot more talkative and 
have a lot more input, you know, the uh, next go round. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe hey. run your maybe run your errands uh, a little earlier in the day. <laughs> oh well, I'm I'm actually driving my car around, so it'll kill my kill kill the battery from sitting in the car because uh, my apartment being so small. Uh, my voice kind of travels, and Crystal's like, you need to go outside. You're going to wake the baby up. <laughs> you should so have been like, you'll find out. Oh, you'll find out real soon. <laughs> Episode two on location, live from Morgan's car. You're going to host one from the pool. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All, right. All right, we'll see you next time.